as much as New York City real estate is all about the rent, I think owners, what the future will bear is owners are, if they're not offering a fitness amenity to a development, they're certainly very open, open-eyed open and ears to having some type of partnership with a fitness operator. We are here today at Halo Talks on the Dream Architects series in New York with David West from Integrity Real Estate Partners. David, I want to uh, welcome you to uh, our first inaugural event and uh, want to have our listeners understand some of the dynamics of what it takes to be a real estate um, broker, real estate developer, uh, what kind of decisions that uh, need to be made and, and how pivotal that is to uh, to being successful in the space. So. Dave, why don't you start off and just give us a little background where you're from and uh, what your hobbies were and, you know, if you're an athlete or if you were, um, you know, in creative back in, uh, back in the day in high school. Uh, yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Pete. Um, you know, I've been involved in the Halo space for a while working with you, and it's always been a pleasure. And I think um, what we're doing is really going to forge into the future. Originally, I'm from a town called Westbury, Long Island. I think a place you're familiar with. Quite. Um, we shared the same uh, high school and the same alma mater and whatnot. Um, again, we also shared a lot of serious sporting activities, um, football, basketball, baseball for me. Um, and then for the most part, the entrepreneurial spirit came with um, business-related extracurricular activities, um, which I took quite seriously. And I think uh, these days it's important for a younger professional as well. Um, and then just always loved sport. So, you know, sports has definitely, you know, been an underlining, uh, you know, motivator in, in, in your career. And obviously, uh, you know, from your, uh, your, your schooling years and you got all your buddies from, from Cuse that, uh, that you see on the street every time we're walking around looking at real estate. I feel like everyone's like, oh, Dave West, I haven't seen you in three weeks. But <laughs> it seems like you, you're pretty locked into the market here. Um, you know, so when, when you tell us, uh, our listeners here, a little bit about how you started in real estate and how you got your feet wet and kind of worked for other people and, you know, what motivated you to decide, hey, look, I, I got to get on my own. I got to kind of so, blaze my own path. So as Pete mentioned, I, I was a Syracuse University graduate, uh, finance entrepreneurship, dual major. And at the time, I thought I wanted to be a, a sports agent. So my path out of school was working for a small sports marketing firm ultimately landing me at International Management Group. Um, saw a lot of my buddies making some significant money early on, and I figured if they can do it, here goes the entrepreneurial spirit, I can do it. So I jumped over to commercial real estate um, and spent the latter part of my career at uh, office space leasing, um, doing a little bit of leasing as well on the retail side. Um, and that's really where I got started. Uh, again, the entrepreneurial spirit was always in me and that the real estate broker seemed to be a good fit for me because essentially it is building your own business given a platform. And um, that's really how I got started. I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now, so it's all been, it's all been great. And what brought you into the, the health club and the fitness sector? Was it because you spent probably two, three hours a day at Sports Club LA on the Upper East Side and said, you know what, I'm gonna try and figure out how to get into more health clubs, whether I gotta tour them or whether I can work out in them, I, I need to be in one? Well, how'd that go through your head? You know, it was, it was my passion being a, a fitness enthusiast my whole life, again, starting early stage sports with you. 
um, and then and then growing and again working out yoga Pilates you name it I do it and fortunately I was introduced to a, a boutique studio called SLT uh, Amanda Freeman is the principal who's really scaled very nicely and um, I learned, you know, I really wanted to learn the nuances of, of how these boutique studios operate, um, specifically in New York City where it's extremely challenging. You typically have retail space with commercial offices or residential above. So, you know, understanding the nuances, you know, zoning, sound, all the various components is really how I started to create this niche for myself. So it's interesting, I, you know, I've been in the industry obviously here for since 1999. And there used to be clauses in a lot of retail strip centers and in certain areas where fitness centers were prohibited from being in a strip center with a target. They'd say, you can have anything you want next to us, but you can't have a fitness center because we don't want these people taking up all the parking spots. And then you had places in, in urban areas where they didn't want the noise. And now it seems like there's, there's finally like a paradigm shift for these real estate developers and these landlords to understand, hey, we're actually bringing the foot traffic. Like this is what people are paying for and everything else is getting shipped at our house over UPS. So do you feel like you finally made a breakthrough where you don't have to, to put your head against the wall with some of these landlords and say like, let me tell you why it's a good idea to have an SLT or a SoulCycle or an Extend or a Greco in your, in your, your location. So when I, when I started on this journey representing say SLT and then it started to snowball from there again because I understood the, the complexities of these transactions and landlords were like, I don't want them back to your point. Um, you know, SoulCycle was really starting to uptick. They had their first location in the Hamptons and they came to the Upper West Side. And being that I really understood, again, understanding sound, vibration, landlords took me very seriously when I was coming to them with, with these brands. Do you think this has anything to do with your DJ uh, mentorship that I've been working on with you from the sound vibration, or do you think this is separate? It probably has to do a little bit with the our DJing days of spending time in Southampton, Long Island. Yeah, I just wanted to get that on the record. Thank you. Please continue. But... but um, Again, you know, you're, you started to see it everywhere. It was all over mainstream television and, and the big DVDs started launching and the, the infomercials started coming. And it was really just a, a it was a, a very healthy storm of, of halo activity. And, and landlords, you know, you're starting to see some, you know, the private equity players in the game, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, high net worth individuals inve investing into concepts. And uh, landlords really took to it. I mean, specifically here in, in L.A., you really see one on every block. And, you know, fortunately, working at Integrity Real Estate Partners along with Integrity Square, we do a lot of meaningful work in this space at every level. Yeah, so one, one of the things that, uh, that I've learned, you know, over the last several years understanding your business is this is the most cutthroat industry I've ever seen, not on the fitness side, on the, on the real estate services side. Um, which kind of harkens back to every sport that you've played that you've been good at has been on a team. So you always got to rely on other people to be successful. And I feel like you as a person, you rely on people and, they, and you, give them, you give them their word that you're going to go do what you got to do and you're hoping that they're going to you know, take their end of the bargain and, and you know, ethically do the right thing and say, okay, I'm your exclusive guy that's doing this. So how do you think about getting someone to sign an exclusive, like, look, I'm going to be your tenant, exclusive tenant rep, versus taking the risk that maybe at some point somebody says, well, you know, I found this location on my own when I was on the subway and somebody told me about it and my friend's friend's friend is the landlord's uncle and 
Dave, I don't know if I should really compensate you on this. Like, how do you think about those types of the, considerations in this type of market? The, it, it's challenging to start because there's thousands of brokers out there. But again, having the niche, when you, when you prove to them, I mean, hard work obviously always trumps everything, but, and, and, and people see that surely. But you know, when I talk about exclusive relationships, it's, it's way deeper than I look for a space and I go on to say a database and I find what's available. It's thinking outside the box, really. And I always stress those exact words when I meet with people. It's, it's thinking outside the box, it's creating opportunity, and it's truly adding value to the tenant. And, and they see that immediately. And again, it all goes back to hard work. It all goes back to being really creative and, and thinking creatively because these requirements are very creative. You know, they're not, again, specifically talking about Manhattan, having only retail with, with other stuff stacked above it. Yeah, you, have, you can't look at somebody who tells you they need 2,000 square feet for a boutique concept and say, okay, I'm only looking at spaces that are 2,000 feet. You gotta look at second floors, ground floors, lower levels, combinations of, um, and really start to think outside the box. And, and when, you, when you really prove to tenants that, that you understand and you can touch and feel exactly what it is that their goals and their passions are, it's pretty self-evident that they chose the right team and the right company that's working with them. And again, having this niche, you know, I like to say I don't really see many other people, even in the country or globally, who have such a specific focus and a passion for the, and for the space. Well, what we're trying to do with Halo Talks, as you know, is to expand the industry, which is going to expand the amount of real estate that's going to be dedicated toward the space. I think one of the things that concerns me about the industry in general right now, which definitely got to concern you, is there's a lot of space that people can take if they want to really pay up. If you want to pay 30, 40, 50 grand a month to go and open up a studio somewhere in Manhattan that's on a, a, a high traffic street, that might be a nice location to have, but you might be losing money from day one until the lease ends. And somebody's got a personal guarantee on that or is a good guy clause. And, and you got to be looking at it from a standpoint of, look, if I'm your exclusive tenant rep, I need you to be successful in this one location or else it, it's a one-time fee. I'm not looking for a one-time fee. I'm trying to build a relationship. I got a team. I'm trying to, you're part of the team. You're part of the network. And, you know, how do you, how do you think about saying no to things? So, convincing your clients you know what maybe i maybe don't take that deal uh, being a broker real estate stock insurance whatnot everyone's all about a deal and um you know when i when i embarked on the journey with joining integrity square um and now you know i have a suite of investment banking services to sell i have uh, and essentially if it's private equity through you know the fund that that peter moore and his team are creating um, I have the ability to offer way more than, again, I spent my, most of my career at a Cushman and Wakefield or, or any of the big shops, but I have an ability to offer these tenants, which truly aligned with their longevity and their success. We, we analyze their data, which in today's environment is really what, it, what it's all about. Um, and, and thankfully, we have some, some of the, what I believe are the brightest analysts to be able to dig into the operator's CRM and, and, and explain to them what their data means. So it's a, it's a world today that's become extremely sophisticated. It's really all about what is your data saying, and, and the, the top operators all understand that for the most part. So again, um, uh, I understand these things, and I am about the long, we are about the longevity. Um, 
for me to do one deal and, 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 and then walk away with earn my commission is it's great. But, you know, we're like <laughs> everyone becomes kind of like family to us. And, and it's kind of what we're building as a corporate culture and Integrity Square and Integrity Real Estate Partners. Yeah. So, you know, what what's your vision? To, I mean, like take Second Avenue on the Upper East Side as an example. And, you know, I guess in 23rd Street in, in uh, you know, Chelsea, Flatiron area, you know, they call it like Fitness Row. Um, you know, what, what do you, what, what, if you close your eyes and said, woke up three years from now, like, what does the Upper East Side look like? Does it look like, a, you know, a, a fitness court equal to like what a food court used to be at Roosevelt Field yeah. back in, uh, you know, the, uh, back on Strong Island? That's actually a, a very good point. And it's, it's a discussion I have almost daily with, with operators and owners. I mean, typically the Upper East Side buildings don't lend themselves all that well to fitness um, brands because of the composition of the buildings. However, that's changing literally by the day. And we're seeing that all over the Upper East Side, one with many of the tenants that I'm representing. Uh, most are trolling on the Upper East Side. It's a wealthy demographic. Um, it's an active demographic, and it, and it spans a large um, age range, which is kind of rare, you know, downtown Flatiron specifically is a younger, um, it's younger, it's dense, and, and again, it's a wealthy demographic. But the Upper East Side is really a target of most um, of the sophisticated operators these days, and we're seeing that all over. You know, we have Acadia's vertical box on 67th and 3rd, where you have flywheel, flybar, SLT, and fitting room all, all on top of one another. Um, that was kind of the, the catalyst to the Ashkenazi Acquisitions Corp looking to do something similar horizontally at uh, 64th and 3rd, where they have the Pier 1 site. Um, then you're, you, know, you have Tone, Tone House coming in. You have some, some of the New York Sports Club assets where they're putting in the Tone House and the Sykes. Um, and you got a lot of the other owners looking to do similar type of stacks of fitness um, activities. So as much as New York City real estate is all about the rent, I think owners or the future, what the future will bear is Owners are, if they're not offering a fitness amenity to a development, they're certainly very open, open eyes, open eyed and ears to having some type of partnership with a fitness operator. Great. Well, we agree. Um, you know, I was looking at a stat the other day in preparation for the Halo talks, and it said that uh, there are a thousand fitness studios in Metro New York, but there are thirteen thousand bars in that same area. So, if we can get people to take their spending at the bar and on the Moscow Mule bring that into a class, then we're going to be able to have more real estate to get dedicated to the space. So it's great that you've partnered up with us. We're excited about it. Any parting comments for our listeners? Pete, you and I laugh all the time about that comment and we hear it over and over. And I, I've heard you tout it several times at, at wellness events and, and URSA and whatnot. Um, it's true that the days, as you say, the martinis and the steak dinners are becoming taking a cool boutique class or any class for that matter and going for or an organic dinner or a Hugh Kitchen or something healthier or green juice. That's certainly the direction that the world's going. It should continue to go that way. And, and you know, being in the halo space, if, if you have any interest in it or you're passionate about it and, and where do you see the future going? It's like we are changing people's lives first and foremost. And people, human beings are living longer lives. It's about us who are changing those lives to make those lives more quality over a longer period of time. So, you know, that's, it's gotta be brought from a deep passion of anything in the halo space.
first and foremost. Agreed. So, David, thank you for being with us on Halo Talks. When I see you again, maybe we'll do this in the back of a Bugatti. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Pete.